Tornishta, Minister's Excellency's friends. His Excellency, the President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins. Tornishta, Minister's Excellency's Ambassador's Honoured Guests. May I, first of all, because in a couple of days' time, we'll be celebrating uh, United Nations Day for Mother Tongues, so allow me to say, Translating, going from my own ancient language to the, another language, I'm just so pleased that you are all able to join me here this evening. And on behalf of Sabine and my wife, I would just like to say how welcome you are to Orison the home of the President of Ireland. Particularly as you are preparing for what is without doubt uh, a most important reflection. And it is a reflection, I think, that so many will welcome in the hope that it will make a fresh contribution to such thinking as may as may take practical and courageous steps towards the resolution of the conflict between Israel and its Arab neighbours, especially Palestine. So may I warmly congratulate the Irish government, Trace Liam Lesh, and, the, and in particular the Tónishta Minister for Affairs and Trade, Simon Kovner, for this initiative, which I know is part of his ongoing commitment to seeking the building of peace in the region. It is with a heavy heart that one must reflect on the human, political, economic and social price that has been paid for the continuation and indeed escalation of this conflict as it expresses itself. But yet one must also be willing to engage with the challenge in a way not least by envisaging what a great benefit, not just regionally but globally, would flow from a process that led to a resolution of this conflict that has gone on too long and at such a high price for humans. The issue of peace in the Middle East has been close to the hearts of the Irish people for decades. It is a region with which the Irish people are familiar, not only through discourse of the media. Many thousands of members of the Irish Defence Forces, on their return from United Nations peacekeeping service in the Middle East, have always been keen to share their experiences with family and friends have been keen, I think, thus adding to the awareness of Irish communities of the areas and peoples torn by conflict in which the troops have served. It has built an appreciation, particularly, I must say, among our young people, their parents and schools, of the delicate tapestry that must be woven in the building and sustaining of peace, and particularly in this often fragile region. So it is on behalf of all those communities and the Irish citizens within them that I, as informed communities on the issues of the region, that I welcome you again. And I want to thank all of you who have travelled to be here with us. Some of you have come directly from a European Foreign Minister's meeting in Brussels today, and some of you are occupied with final preparations for the European Union League of Arab States summit in a few days' time. All of you have busy schedules and pressures. And your coming here in such circumstances gives evidence that you're anxious not to avert your gaze from a matter that does concern us all. And because you share the conviction too that this conflict must be resolved, and urgently, 
Indeed, just because it has gone on for so long, far too long, and proven so difficult to end, that in itself must not become a reason for such despair as would lead to any of us turning our attention elsewhere by way of evasion. By coming here and participating, you have shown yourselves ready to go further, break new ground and contribute to the urgent task of bringing a lasting peace to Palestine and to the Middle East. Resolution of this conflict we all know would open up a new positive and exciting era in relations, for example, between Europe and the Arab world, our nearest regional neighbours. In Ireland, it is, I suggest, understandable that we would see this conflict through the prism of our own history, our own long periods as an occupied people, and also more recently in the light of the experience of our own peace process here in relation to Northern Ireland, brought into being with great effort. And from that peace process, two observations suggest themselves. First, as to the necessity of having such a belief as will sustain reverses in the discourse and keep articulating possibilities. And the words of Senator George Mitchell, a great American friend of Ireland with an Irish name and a Lebanese heritage, who told us, all conflicts made by man can be resolved by man. And your being here now gives testament that you believe that and are willing to give your commitments to such an idea. Secondly, I suggest that it is important to remember that peace is a process and will be a process always, not a moment. In Ireland, the process leading to the peace agreement took over 10 years, and 20 years later, we are still engaged on working through the new relationships between peoples and between these islands. Our peace could not have been achieved without the steady and courageous activism of politicians from across the world, and also civic organisations campaigning for a more just and peaceful society many of which were led by the women of Ireland, North and South. And crucial, too, was the existence of a secretariat to the process that could continue to produce text when the protagonists could not or were not willing to engage with each other. And thus, a dangerous vacuum was avoided. The task of sustaining peace will always continue. And I have said, in our case, it was necessary to draw on the assistance and experience of others. The outbreak and recurrence of conflict can only be prevented by willingness to address root causes, which demands a particular courage, stamina, commitment, and political imagination. Yet surely there is no work more worthy of the time and talents of a political leader than contributing to the ending of conflict, to achieving a secure, free, and prosperous future for a people. Indeed, and a topic for your discussion, for two peoples. For we know that an agreement is vital to the future of both Israelis and Palestinians. And if we are to truly commit ourselves to the objective then of building and sustaining peace, we are required to discard any narrow or cynical invocation of failure, of any defeatist version of the inevitability of conflict, or the impossibility of a peaceful future. We cannot allow any version of the past, I suggest, to defeat the possibilities that lie in the future. 
So, let us instead together heed the lost hopes of all our collective past. Let us fledge new arrows and dedicate ourselves to the cause of a universal peace, a peace that can encompass all of the people of our shared and vulnerable planet. So may I thank you again, Mila Buikasas Chiyacht, for siding with hope rather than with despair, and for coming here to try and push the boulder which threatens and needs the strength of all our shoulders. I am confident that your discussions will deepen your understanding and assist by its sharing of ideas for the continuing work ahead. And you have my very best wishes for your meetings this evening and tomorrow. I so wish you success in your deliberations and reflections this evening and tomorrow. And may it bring all the fruits that we would all of us wish. May I wish all of you, may I thank you again for coming to visit me as president and wish you every success in all of your endeavours, wherever they may be. Thank you.